Welcome to the 9 to 5 podcast, conversations with Christians about lives of faith, integrity, and excellence at work. They are from Christians in Commerce, a ministry supporting and encouraging men and women to be Christ in their workplaces. We hope you enjoy this episode. We're going to do something different in this podcast. If you've listened to us before, you know we have a four-part video series called Working for Our Father. Each starts with a person telling their story. This is followed by a 10 to 15 minute video, reflection, and then small group discussion. Today we're going to listen to two sharings that were given on a Saturday morning in Minneapolis, St. Paul. The first is by Ginny DeSanto and preceded the first session entitled, Accepting the Father's Gift of Work. Morning, everybody. I'm Ginny DeSanto, and uh, my husband Will and I are life and health insurance agents. And uh, I'm going to tell you a a little bit about the life side of our business. And uh, our whole business is a gift, but I'm going to speak specifically about life insurance. Uh, Steve Becker asked me to talk about how our work is a gift. And uh, it, it really is a gift from God for us, given to us after a period of two and a half years of unemployment for Will. Uh, he had gone to church one morning and uh, after two and a half years of unemployment. And after everybody had left the service, he asked the Lord in a very loud voice what, what he should do. He was... It was an opportunity to watch work. <laughs> yeah. He... Uh, he told the Lord he was tired of being unemployed, and uh, his unemployment was ending, and he did not know what he was going to do. And so at the time, he heard the Lord say, I have something for you. And he went home, and two hours later, he received a phone call from a man who wanted to set an appointment with him uh, to talk about life insurance for people who have mortgages. And we, had, we had bought a house recently. Right away, Will said, how did you get into this line of work? He met the man a little later, and the man invited him to join his team. Well, as it happened, a couple days later, Will and I were on the way, on our way to the airport, and there was an informational meeting about this job. And I had no intention of making a career change. I had a job that I loved, but it was on the it was on the way to the airport, so I tagged along. As I listened to the informational meeting, I I heard a voice say in my ear, "I want you to do this with Will." So later on in the airplane, after I listened to him uh, enthusiastically remark about the opportunity, I asked him, what would you think if I joined you? That was more than six years ago, and at the time, we knew very little about the company. We had no idea what we were getting into. The company seemed too good to be true in many ways. It wasn't a Christian company, but we were free to share our faith and pray with people if if we felt the need to. Although we were required to be licensed by the state and contracted with all the insurance companies we represent, we could work wherever we want and whenever we want, as much as little as we want. The people that hired us were there to encourage us, train, and support us, and soon friendships grew as we got to know each other. The company has grown, and they hired three ministers and a sociologist because they knew that the culture was really important, and they encouraged us to read and to get our heads right and our hearts right. Doesn't that sound like a wonderful company? It is. And you know why? Because the work is really hard. And as they say in our business, it's simple, but it ain't easy. Um, All along since I started working for this company, 
I have felt that God was giving Will and I another gift with this job. It's like he's training us to bring him with us wherever we go. And like our insurance business, it's simple, but it ain't easy. There have been many times when we didn't get a sale, and yet we knew we were there for a reason. We decided the Lord must want us to pray for the people we meet, whether we get a sale or not. There were times when all we could do was pray because life insurance was not going to be an option for this client. We go to people's homes to respond to their requests for help with life insurance. And sometimes when people don't answer the phone, we go and introduce ourselves. There was a time when we worked all day without a sale out in the country. Things just hadn't worked out that day. And as we drove, we saw a church in a little town. We stopped in the parking lot. Will went to the door and found that it was open. And we went in and sat down and collected our thoughts and our emotions and took a breather. We came back out. He pulled out a stack of leads uh, with people's names and addresses. They had all sent requests in. And he said, these are all in this area. We have time to stop at one. Pick out one and we'll go there. So I thumbed through them and picked one out. We found the address with our GPS and drove up to an old farmhouse with a big white barn. There was a lot of noise coming from inside the house as Will knocked on the door. A man and woman about my age came out and... Um, they lived there with their daughter, their son-in-law, and their seven kids. They were sanding their floors and came outside to take a breather, and they met Will. Turns out the man worked out of his home as a consultant. He supported the whole family. His life insurance was set to increase by a great deal in the next few months, so they sat down to take a look with us. An hour later, we had written two of the largest policies we had ever written. That day, we knew the Lord had given us the gift. Last week, we stopped by an assisted living place in a little town. A man had sent a request in for final expense insurance, but he didn't answer the phone, so we stopped by to introduce ourselves. Will went in and asked him about his request. He asked him who, about who helps him nearby and learned that the 83-year-old man was a retired farmer from South Dakota. He had moved to Minnesota to be closer to one of his daughters, but she had been unkind to him and took things from him and didn't come to visit him anymore. Will asked if he could pray with him, <clears throat> and the man nodded gratefully. When Will left, the man had decided to call his other daughter back in South Dakota to talk about moving back. There are similarities in talking about life insurance and talking about life with Jesus. Sometimes people know they need it and they're ready to talk about it. Sometimes they don't want to talk about it, so we ask questions to get them to think. And sometimes it just seems like a waste of time. But we have planted a seed, perhaps, in the hope that someone else may come along to help them. Whatever, the Lord has told us many times that he is right next to us, holding our hands. And for that gift, we're grateful. Before we listen to the next sharing, let me tell you that the video series is available for your use and without charge. To learn more, go to our website at workingforourfather.com. You'll be able to view a trailer and actually preview the first session. Now, here's the sharing that preceded the second session, Triumphing Over Toil, Trials, and Temptations. It features Jason Aris. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? You guys ready for this? Let's hope I don't screw it up, eh? All right. 
So about a year ago, I was working for a uh, third-party logistics company in the projects department. And what project logistics entails is moving the big, ugly stuff. Uh, 500,000 pound transformers, 100 foot long, 220,000 pound uh, tank vessels, large construction equipment, things of that nature. And about a little over a year ago, on a Sunday afternoon, my, uh, my boss texts me and tells me that I need to be in Texas in 12 hours to, to, to survey a project in a couple different locations that I had no idea about. So quickly booked everything, went down and surveyed the project over a couple of days. And uh, upon arriving back to the office, I had uh, realized that this large project was uh, dumping squarely upon me. <clears throat> it was a multifaceted, multi-million dollar project. It was the logistics of loading and transporting several million pounds of bo boiler equipment to a coal plant in Southern Illinois from Mount Pleasant, Texas and Houston, Texas. At this point, there is a well-established combative and adversarial relationship with my management. I knew I would receive no support or no backup. All aspects were on me. If you can envision an upside-down pyramid with the point squarely on my chest, that was me. The anxiety and fear was at its utmost for me. I, I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Leading up to prior, prior to going down to Houston, the Wednesday before flying down, I had a uh, phone conversation with the, ri the rigging uh, company, the lead there that I'd be working with that would be loading up our trucks, helping to coordinate everything with me. And we had a very intense argument, and I knew this was going to be trouble. So upon arriving within the first uh, couple of days of the uh, project, this, this individual had changed my entire schedule without, um, without talking to me about it, and it had major ramifications on the project. It was, it was already going down to a hell in a handbasket quickly. And I came to find out that the, the contracted pricing I had with our, our client was not going to be strong enough to support actually making a profit on this. And to top it off, I was working in Houston in July. It was 98 to 100 degrees every single day. And uh, the heat index was 100 to 110 every day. And if the people that know me know that I can sweat in about 30 degree weather walking up the stairs. So <laughs> it was not a good combination. Within the first couple of days, I also had unwittingly spread athlete's foot all over my body. So needless to say, I was in a very dark place very quickly. Uh, every morning I was on my hands and knees pleading to the Lord, asking for help. I'd, I'd heard the phrase in the small men's group that I'd been meeting for the past eight years of giving it to God. And I thought I knew what that meant. But every morning I was striving to truly understand what that meant. I was frustrated. I was struggling because I was pleading, God, I don't know what to do. How am I going to do this? Please, Lord. So obviously my anxiety and stress continued to build. I began to want to give in to defeat, to embrace the darkness, the failure, be a victim. Then Christ started showing up. Uh, there was a, a young lady, or actually she was an older lady, very soulful gal. Her name was Cynthia. She was at the guard shack. Every morning I'd come in, give her my ID. She'd give me the placard. First day or so, we just had some polite conversation. And as the days wore on, it became much more substantive and in-depth. We began to talk about Christ, the importance of him in our lives, and how he strengthened us. She lifted my soul every single day to the point that the last day that I came into that, to that um, industrial park, I, my heart told me that I had to tell her how much she meant to me. She was Christ to me every single day. 
And I had to tell her how much it meant to me. Tears streaming down my face with, to a stranger that had had maybe cumulative an hour interaction with how much it meant. And she told me the same. It, it floored me. It really opened my eyes. And then there was Francisco. He was a forklift operator, one of the forklift operators. He'd befriended me uh, within the first day of being there. I quickly found out that he, on the weekends, would administer to uh, prisoners at a max security facility just south of Houston. And he also was a uh, Spanish radio pastor. So we had some just fantastic conversations. He continued to lift me up. There was problem after problem after problem. And then somehow he would pop up. We'd have a... We'd have an interaction. He'd tell me a scripture. We'd have a discussion. He just continued to lift me up. God's presence was everywhere. I was like a roller coaster, up and down, in the light, in the darkness. It was. I wrote down on here, I said, God was punching me in the face with his presence and love. He was so strong. And as you all know, that's not always apparent. It's not always in your face like that. But he knew how much I needed that help. There was a tipping point one morning. I just drove, drove in and had uh, my interaction with Cynthia. I was riding high, meandering through the industrial park, and I made that right-hand turn, and I saw the massive warehouse I'd been working out. My heart sunk. I was back, back in that dark place. The sun was slowly rising up over the horizon, and I just felt my heart crying out, Lord, where are you? As I pulled up to the warehouse, I slunk out of my seat, trudged towards the uh, to the door, getting ready to start my day. Then out of nowhere, my phone that's been in my pocket just started playing a song. And that song was by John Hyatt. It was called Have a Little Faith in Me. It um <clears throat> it shook me to my core. I felt the power of the Holy Spirit unlike I'd ever felt it at that time. I stopped dead in my tracks. I remember looking up to the sky. I saw the sunbeams dancing through the stars that were slowly disappearing in the morning light. And I knew at that moment that God was with me and I was strong and resolute. <clears throat> I powered through the project. It was a complete success for our client. Profit-wise, it was not. We made 1.9% profit on all that work. I didn't dwell on that, but my, as soon as I got back to the office, my a-hole bosses reminded me of that every single day, 1.9%. But I did not let it get me down. A few months later, we were going down to Mount Pleasant, Texas. It was a much larger, phase, much larger phase in the project in scope and duration. Hours and hours of time was spent preparing and executing this project. Over 140 loads, multiple rigging crews. It was going to be a month straight. I felt like I was going into a bunker, but I knew I wasn't going into that bunker alone. I had an underlying confidence and calm that I did not have months previous. And the project was going fantastic. Every day I would drive home back to my holiday inn that I lived in for that month. And there was a sign, a billboard on I-30 East as I passed by it, adjacent to a small church. And all it simply said was, Jesus loves you. And that, that, that sign just helped to reinforce the fact that God was with me and he was walking with me. Despite all the problems we had, that phase was a huge operational and financial success, thankfully. In closing, the, this overwhelming experience convinced me that God is everywhere, and his love and grace is transformational. Give it to God. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You'll want to check out our website at workingforourfather.com. 
It's constantly being updated with new content to support you and others in living your faith at work.